Now, every so often on the health report, apart from saving lives, we like to fly a kite to get some debate going in areas which might be right for reform. One such may be that Australia is inefficient in the way, I'm talking about economically inefficient, in the way we subsidise drugs. We allow similar drugs onto the pharmaceutical benefits scheme, the PBS, at a certain price level as long as they meet effectiveness requirements. And this could be inefficient because there's little, if any, price competition. Whereas what we could do is what an organisation called Pharmac in New Zealand does and conduct a competitive tender to supply the national market. That's what Professor Philip Clark thinks we should consider. Philip's a health economist, formerly of the University of Melbourne, now based at Oxford. Every so often, I think governments really need to think about their healthcare systems in a sort of fundamental way, particularly because the number of products and healthcare technologies is increasing all the time. And there's always a question about how we can afford it. Now, New Zealand, about 20 years ago, undertook a very different path where they created an independent authority to effectively manage their budget when it comes to pharmaceuticals and purchasing of other devices, including devices to improve the management of diabetes care. And I really think it's worth considering whether there are elements that you could then adopt in Australia. I mean, one of the criticisms of Pharmac in New Zealand is that Drug companies and device companies have just taken their bat and ball and gone home because they're not interested in driving the prices down to the lowest common denominator. And therefore, patients have reduced choice compared to Australia. Well, I think there is perhaps more limited choice, but actually in some technologies, actually there are products that are listed in New Zealand that aren't available in Australia. And a good example of that is insulin pumps, which are changing the sort of management, particularly for those with type 1 diabetes. Now, in Australia, we do have a subsidisation program for those under the age of 21, and there is some subsidisation with those with private health insurance, but in general, they're not covered. In New Zealand, they have a limited choice. They only have a choice of two different types of pumps compared with, I think, around six in Australia. But the eligibility is across the board, although there are, of course, clinical criteria patients have to have to satisfy. So I think there is an example where there's a more limited choice, but because they have a tendering process that introduces competition, then they are able to pay less for those products and they're actually able to expand the eligibility. And that's the sort of trade-off I think Australia should start to think about Do we want to potentially have a little less choice when it comes to some of these products, but actually being able to afford more products and the existing products, being able to make them available to more people? Don't we already tender in Australia? I know the Grattan Institute a few years ago looked at the process that state governments use for purchasing drugs and devices, and they reckoned that if the Commonwealth were to adopt that approach, we would save literally billions of dollars and the price of devices would come down to much more internationally equivalent levels, whereas now some of our devices are much more expensive than overseas. So we already tender to some extent, don't we? That's true. And very much at a state level, at a Commonwealth level, there is some limiting tendering and there is actually currently a call for a tendering process around diabetes products, including blood glucose monitoring products. But I think what's perhaps different with Pharmac is that they actually manage a budget. And so one of the critical things that happens with Pharmac is if they can make savings through the tendering process, they can actually then look to list, as it were, new products because they're managing a budget. Whereas in Australia, what I think tends 
tends to happen with these processes is that money basically goes back into consolidated revenue. Economists might call this sort of the hypothecation of the savings that you achieve from tendering back into the sort of healthcare system. Now, why might you do that? Well, it does, of course, reduce your flexibility as a government on where you can spend the savings, but it does mean you drive a greater efficiency because there's this very clear trade-off where if you can make savings on one set of products, you can then perhaps invest in listing new products, whereas in Australia, the tendering is quite divorced from perhaps the listing of new products. So how would it work in Australia? We've got a group called the Pharmaceutical Benefits Advisory Committee, and they study health economics, the economic value of products versus their benefits, and also behind the scenes negotiate what they hope are competitive prices for drugs. And then they're listed for subsidised version of the drug. How would it change in your mind? The major element of evaluating the drugs for cost effectiveness is the same in both countries. Perhaps what's different is the Pharmaceutical Benefits Advisory Committee in Australia only makes recommendations to the minister. They're not managing a budget. There is much less use of formal tendering processes. So we tend to perhaps accept all products within a class, which means that not making choices between products, you'll tend to pay more for those products. How does it work with Pharmac and the really expensive new particular anti-cancer drugs, which can cost $100,000 a year. And because they control the market, the drug companies are pretty loath to negotiate too far down. Obviously, in the tendering process, if there's only one product within a class, you're going to, I mean, obviously, either going to have to negotiate. I think what's also critical in New Zealand is they spend significantly less, maybe a, a third less than Australia does on its pharmaceuticals. And I think you have to separate out the process of tendering from the amount of money that you make available. And of course, a tendering system where there's more money available, potentially you can afford many more products, including some of these cancer drugs. But often, where you have more than one product, if you're prepared to make a choice between those products on the basis of a pharmaceutical company that gives you a better deal, I think you're likely to overall to pay less. And from a pharmaceutical company's point of view, one thing that does make a country like New Zealand attractive, of course, is that you can supply the whole of the country through a tendering process. So it's potentially efficient from a pharmaceutical company's point of view, as opposed to having individual sort of competition once the drug has entered the market and then come is not sure about the volumes that they will supply. Philip Clark, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you very much. Professor Philip Clark, who's Professor of Health Economics at the University of Oxford. Well, that's it for today. Next week, we start our summer season listening. Yes, we've curated some of our favourite shows from the whole year and we'll be playing for them for you over the next few weeks. And don't forget our new podcast, Watch That Rash, and send in your questions. That rash at abc.net.au, but I hope you get to catch some rays safely over the summer. And watch that salt. See you next time. Getting in touch with ABC RN is easy. Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features.